Hello, everyone, and welcome to the program that takes you wherever the Texans might be going. And the Hyundai Texans radio studio is mobile. And the Texans ready to face Dallas in Arlington Saturday night, 7 o'clock. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. We've got a humongous show for you today. We'll check in with a Cowboys.com reporter. We'll check in with Kaimi Fairbairn. That's later on. Christian Kirksey, Malik Collins going back to Dallas. Got them all tonight, Johnny. And here we go. Preseason game number two and a lot to cover. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Unfortunately, I hear Malik Collins' name going back to play this preseason game. Mm-hmm. And I just, oh, I, my heart drops. You know why. Uh-oh. Why? Because why? Malik Collins was tearing us up on that first drive of the preseason game in 2019. And he was the one, and I he didn't do this. On purpose, of course, but he was the one who made the tackle on Lamar Miller. He did. Yes. Oh well. Man. So there are a lot. Okay, there are a lot of things I've thought about this preseason game. It was the the one that we played against Dallas in 2019. I know we got plenty of stuff to talk to, but this game is seismic on on a number of different levels. Seismic. Okay. Do you remember what happened at left tackle that night for the Texans? Julian Davenport had not done really anything with the first squad throughout the entire preseason. Right. They put him at left tackle that night, and it was awful. It did not go well. And was that a reason or one of the factors in the injury to Lamar Miller? It, well, I, that was probably part of it. But even mm. more so, what it was, we don't have an answer at left tackle. Wait, who was playing left tackle prior to that in that preseason? Because I, I, I thought Davenport recall. was the penciled-in guy. It was No, it was Davenport, and it was – I can't remember who it was. It wasn't Rod. It wasn't Rod. Yeah. Uh, they had put Titus out there a little bit, but they really had focused Titus at guard, and Titus was hurt, if you remember. Titus had gotten hurt, so he couldn't play over there. So they were going to go – they were going to roll with Davenport. And after that game was over, yeah, they had the fourth preseason game, but you know what happened at the end of that fourth preseason game. The Texans make the deal for Laramie Tunsil. Yeah. So you have just an, an abysmal performance – that tackle, it goes horribly for Julian. The offense just looks completely mangled. Everybody's like, look, there's got to be an answer because Deshaun, I think, got sacked on two other plays. And it was, whoa, there's gotta, they've got to do something. they got to do something. Totally weren't sure if Titus was going to be the guy, so they went, okay, let's go make the Larry Tunsil do. So it's seismic. And then I do my interview with DeAndre Hopkins, and right after that, you drop the news that Andrew Luck has retired – from football, yeah, which from shocked football. AFC South and the NFL. That night, for as forgettable as the game was, mm-hmm. there were so many things that happened in that game that are like, oh, my God, that A, that led to B, that led to C, because I think the performance there, obviously Lamar getting hurt led to going out and getting Carlos Hyde. I think the performance throughout training camp had not been good at tackle, and I think Julian's performance cemented the fact that Bill O'Brien was going to go out and do something to go get a tackle, and that led to Laramie Tunsil. And then Andrew Luck uh, retires. Oh, he did something all right. I mean, he did something. He went and got Laramie Tunsil. And, you know, the story kind of got new wind this week with the Andre Dillard situation in Philadelphia. And, by the way, the Texans at left tackle against the Green Bay Packers in 2019, the preseason opener, Khalil, Matt Khalil started. The next oh, that's game, right. The next that's game right. was, right. yeah, and that was the Joe Webb game. He had to play quarterback because A.J. McCarron got oh. hurt. They weren't going to play number four. 
Uh, and then in the next game, it was Roderick Johnson, and then you go Davenport, and then you're right. They didn't really have an answer at left tackle because they didn't want to put Titus over there. Mm-hmm. They wanted Titus to either be a guard or a tackle, and here he is now. And there's nothing wrong with having a really good guard that you drafted later in the first right. round or right tackle, by the way, people who are still criticizing that deal while Dillard is on the chopping block yeah. in Philadelphia or the trading block or whatever you want to call it. But, look, we don't have to address all of that. It's interesting you bring up these storylines, though. And speaking of storylines, the news breaks last night about Brandon Dunn. That was a big one Mm -hmm. because, look, we all love him. I think big because if Dunn was a quiet guy, maybe it wouldn't seem as big. His personality is so big. Not that he hasn't made plays for this team because he has, and you got to thank him for his contribution to this organization. And who knows, well, the way things go in this league, maybe he's back someday. But he's got such a big personality, and I think that's why it stands out. But, Johnny, I had a warning sign. And I interviewed Dunny earlier in camp, mm-hmm. and I asked him about Clubhouse DJ, locker room yeah. DJ, and yeah. he was talking about there's no aux cord, and it's all digital, and he had to download, and it was a little bit harder yeah. for him to be the Clubhouse <laughs> locker room DJ <laughs> yeah. this year technology-wise, yeah. and he was still kind of figuring it out. But he did have that corner locker. You know, we had that yeah. locker room video when the players were touring, him and Justin Reed. I think Keon was in that video, too. Keon might Oh my gosh, Justin I think Reed! He was. It's like Final I know Destination. Reed was in there, and I know John Grenard. I I want to say that Brent, you know, I know Dunning was in there. I think Keon was in there as well. Oh uh, gosh, and Keon got traded, and uh, Dunning is. And I, I said this in a, kind of our group text, and I'll say it here: If you're an undrafted guy, right, and you get six, seven years of ball in, you get a couple of contracts in. I don't want to see you feel like you, you stole money in some sense. Not stealing money. You had to work for everything. But you got to feel like – That's a career. Yeah, absolutely. It's a darn it's a darn good career. I don't foresee Dunny coming back in any way, shape, or form, but maybe. Mm-hmm. We've, we've seen Antonio Smith do that. We saw the Ninja come back and yeah, really just... give them great reps after leaving mm-hmm. after, what, 13 or 14 he left and then came back in 16 and was vital – the 10, 12 reps he gave them as a pass rusher in the middle. So you never know what's going to happen. But Dunny did the little work You never and the dirty work. You were never going to – he did the little things and the dirty work. You were never going to kind of see Brandon Dunn after a game and go, man, he had four sacks, he had this, he had that. But you were going to see him hold up against the run. He was going to do a great job up front. He was going to mesh with whatever guy was on the opposite side. I hate that the final memory, if it is indeed done here, I mean being waived, that he got hurt. That he, mm-hmm. you know, he hurt his hip, and seeing him go off the field in Chicago was just—I mean, that was tough. But he was—he was always great to us, which you know, here or there. But he was always a great ambassador yep. of the team, a great ambassador of the logo. He was always somebody you wanted to to be at functions because he was gregarious. He was so—he was so gracious, uh, and he was a good player. I—I I did a 53-man roster as I was sitting waiting for practice the other day. I was just kind of standing off down in the corner by myself, and I was like, you know what? I've been kind of thinking about this, and I debated. Really, I've I've got <laughs> I got 50 I got 56 now, and I got to get three more, and I'm not totally sure how to go about it. And it, and my 53 will have a couple of cuts that people will be like, whoa! But if you've seen training camp, you wouldn't be all that surprised. Dunny was one I was I kind of circled because I was like, you know what? I think. And I know roster battles don't always come down to it's this guy or this guy, but I really had it kind of down to in the interior, it's like this guy, mm-hmm. this guy, this guy, this guy. I got to pick two of them. And 
I think I had Donnie on it, but I could see where where they were going with that particular situation because, you know, look, business of football gets involved in all this too. Yeah, and money. Yeah, and and people know that Donnie had a pretty decent sized contract, and that sometimes that's all it is. Sometimes that's all right. it is. Look, man, the the business of football is just not he allowing said us. That. Yeah, just not allowing us to go in a particular direction, and right. so you you move forward and look. If there is a position right now, and I don't think people – I said this back in OTAs when you and I talked. I said, man, I'm telling you, this defensive line I think is going to be better than people think. I think this line is going to be a whole heck of a lot well, better. Well, I, I said that about the linebackers. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're right about both of them. The front seven is better than you think or better than you thought it was going to be back in March or whatever. And look, do you have, do you have an Aaron Donald, a Miles Garrett, you know, a J.J. in his prime up front? No. But – you know, you might have a bunch of solid doubles in the gap all the way throughout. You get enough of those, you score a lot of runs. Absolutely. Instead of having a guy that can come up and hit home runs for you, but everybody else is, you know, grounding out the short, maybe you got a bunch of doubles up front that guys can rotate in and stay fresh. I think the rookie they got is going to be a guy that they, they're going to want to keep around for a long time, Roy Lopez. You almost didn't want to say his name. Who? Roy Lopez. I know. I you didn't. know why? I know. Because because <laughs> I've gotten in trouble in the past. <laughs> no, it's not it's not just that. Because there's no way Roy Lopez, in my opinion, doesn't make this team, right? Correct. But it's also, you know, he's a rookie. And, you know, doing what we do, we're content creators. And we work in a group here with, you know, Tyler Sutterarth, who's editing video not mm-hmm. too far away from where we are right now. And things like And Lopez has a great personality to go yep. along with the playmaking ability. Yes. As a rookie, again, I'm not sending him to Canton yet. Right. But you don't want to blow up the rookies too much until they, you know, do, so something, do something. Okay, yeah. until they a blank value, a drop yeah. or have a few pelts or right. at least a pelt or whatever. Oh, one thing um, back to Dunny, by the way, and I, I liked where you were going with that. When you think about him coming into the league, 2014 is when he came yeah. out. 2014. Wow, yeah. Blake Bortles was drafted number three overall. He's done, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. but Dunny, you know, this is really notable here, and I want – I haven't counted it lately, but I think it was seven times I counted at one point where he was on and off a practice squad because it was hard for him to catch on. Yeah. So good for him. Yeah. Good for him. I mean, I, I just think that's a, that's a cool thing. But, Johnny, I know we got a big one tomorrow, and we're really looking forward to it. Uh, Want to see consistency. David Cully said it. You yep. said it. I said it. And John McClain said it. I think we're all in agreement. Want to be consistent. Yep. Want to see more of what we saw last week and we're looking forward to that and i know you're looking forward to seeing this guy play jaron christian who played some left tackle last week that o-line shaping up gonna see more bodies tomorrow we'll see how it looks in arlington johnny had a chance to catch up with jaron christian and figure out how to pronounce his name jaron christian i hope i said that right you see that yeah. say that right That's close all right all right good <laughs> man i stress about getting names right i really really do uh, the sun does win out here every day, does it not? Yeah, no, nah, it definitely is hot, humid. I mean, we just keep grinding, though. You do keep grinding. I mean, you're offensive lineman, so first of all, I got to ask, will you get fined for doing this interview? Nah, we don't do fines in our room. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that a good thing? Is that a good thing, not doing yeah. fines? Yeah, that's the rules, so we follow the rules. We don't do fines. Why are you guys so tight? What is it about the offensive line that makes you guys – so, I mean, you talk every offensive line I've ever seen. I mean, those guys are always hanging out with each other. They're always cracking on each other. They're always cracking on all the other position groups. What is it about the offensive line that makes you guys so unique and tight? I mean, you just have to have that bond. I mean, 
all the units obviously are together, but we, we literally have to come together as five and synchronize to be able to do what we do. So, I mean, just having that relationship and like being closer, the closer you are, the, the more understanding you'll have of each other and what y'all got to do as far as your job. Saturday night against the Packers, you got to step in there. Now, you haven't practiced a number of days. How tough was it to kind of find that chemistry and that synergy night one in a game setting? Because outside looking in, it looked pretty darn good. But how tough was it to kind of go out there and get a lot of reps with guys you really haven't played a lot with? Um, it wasn't too bad. I mean, coming in OTAs, I was I had hit the, the, the playbook pretty hard. And then yep. even, even when I was out with COVID, I still was on the meetings, on the Zoom. Zoom meetings and stuff, so I was still in the loop. I got to watch all the practices and take those mental reps. So when I actually got in, like seeing the guys do it, going through the walkthrough, just just utilizing all those reps that they were taking and pretty much making it as if I'm I'm in practice had helped me a lot. So the few days I got to go and actually practice helped a little bit more. Coach tried to keep me with the same guy or the same two guys just so we had a, a little more connection. But yeah, it wasn't it wasn't too bad. I got to say, you look pretty darn good and pretty darn comfortable out there uh, on Saturday night. As you sit here in training camp, how do you feel after last year? You got six starts in Washington, a couple starts the year before. How valuable was it for you to get those starts moving forward here, coming here to Houston? How important was it to get those starts when you're facing the guys you're facing in that division you were in last year in the FC East? Um, I feel like it played a real big role. Um just actually being able to to take those reps and, and just get comfortable, get my feet under me. Um, like whenever I talk to everybody, the one thing that I did appreciate with my situation was the guys that I was under, um, being there with Trent and yeah. Morgan, Todd Naseki, and then we had Donald Penn come in. Yep. And even here having um, LT, like just being able to play with some of the top, top players in my position, um, just like the mental reps and all the things that I could take from them. I mean, I couldn't ask for it. Like, that's the best situation you could be in. So actually getting out there and being able to take those ropes, it's just taking what they taught me and what I learned from them and just putting it in play. When you think back to high school, when I can imagine in high school, you were a stud, you were a star. And you think to where you are now, and you mentioned the word technical. Mm-hmm. Did you ever imagine the game could get as technical as it does, where your hands got to be, where your thumbs got to be, all the different things. Did you ever think it was going to be as technical as it actually is? Nah, nah, especially not back in high school. I mean, I started playing late. I always played basketball. So, yeah. I mean, in high school and in early college, I mean, it was just all athleticism, yeah. just, just using my size and my feet to be able to do what I needed to do. So, I mean, now, especially at this level, everybody's athletic, everybody has a talent. So, you got to use the technique to your advantage. If you could dunk on any person <laughs> on the Texans roster and you could just take that guy to the hole and put one on his head, who would it be? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right, I'm going to let you think about that. Find me in the hallways and you give me the answer. Okay. All right. I started this with actually Max a couple weeks ago. It's called Say Something Nice About. Pretty simple. Way to be positive. Say something nice about Titus Howard. Um, I mean, I ain't got nothing bad to say about Titus. (laughs) (laughs) But you got to say something nice about him. Uh, Like what? Give me an example. All right. He is, he wears some nice shoes. Nah, he do. I mean, 
he a good guy. He, he for sure helped me out since I've been here with the plays. There you go. Playing next to him these past few days and stuff. So he definitely, being one of the guys that's been here, been here the longest, he's definitely been helping me out and showing me the ropes. All right, so you got you got, you got got it now. Yeah. Say something nice about <laughs> Tim Kelly. Um, Tim cool. He good people. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I mean, he don't be around me that much. You know, he be doing handling this business. But, yeah, he, he, he definitely a smart guy, a ghost. All right, say something nice about, ooh, boy, ooh, I got one, Justin Britt. Yeah, I love JB. JB for sure, taking taking control of the O-line and showing us the way, being the vet that we need. That's pretty good. I like that. I would ask you say something nice about, like, the Dallas Cowboys or some team like that, considering you played against them last year, but I won't do that to you. I'll just ask the last one. Say something nice about... Farrell Brown, he lines up next to you on occasion. Yeah. Say something nice about Farrell Brown. Farrell, he, he, you know, he the next man up. If, if any of the old linemen go down, he gonna, he gonna come fill in. So, Farrell definitely one of us, and he gonna block, stick his nose in. A... How does that, how does that feel when you, you said he's one of us? Yeah. How much respect do you have for a guy that could actually play tight end, but be one of you guys? Nah, you gotta respect it when you got, when you got. Obviously, the tight ends have a lot on their play as far as learning the, the routes and all that type of stuff, and then they got to come in and block with us. So having having a tight end that you know don't mind getting in there and getting dirty, like somebody you could just rely on in the pass game or, or in the blocking game, is just definitely good. It, it's hard to come around. GC, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you very much. Good luck on Saturday. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Johnny Harris with Jerron Christian, who's going to play against the Dallas Cowboys, no question about that. And another guy we want to see is former Cowboy Malik Collins making the trip back. And D.P. Sidhu caught up with him in the Deep Slant interview. It's the Deep Slant 101 presented by Xfinity. My guest today, Malik Collins. We were just chatting a little while ago. He's a collector of hats and cars. Well, you like hats and cars. Do you collect both of them? I collect both of them. Uh, got a crazy hat collection. You know, I'm a ball guy, so I don't like showing off my head that much. You know, so I got to keep a hat on. And uh, cars, yeah, I build them in the off-season. That's my thing. You build cars. Okay, what's the latest car that you've built? Right now I'm working on G-bodies. So I got an Aero Coupe, Monte Carlo, and I'm putting together, you know, getting it done right. I wish I knew more about cars to ask you an appropriate follow-up, but I'm going to ask you about the hats. How many hats do you have? I don't know. Probably about 400 or more. I could go a year without switching. Without well, you, sounds like one. you have more than a year. <laughs> so have you unpacked all the hats? First of all, welcome to Houston. You're back in Texas after a, a little time away. Yeah. Have you unpacked? What's it like being out in Texas for training camp? It's good. I enjoy it um, close to home. I just enjoy being out here. All right. So I have talked to so many D linemen over camp about the transition to 4-3, but for you it's a pretty natural fit because that's what you played in when you were with the, the Cowboys when you first started your career. So what's it like sort of fitting back into it, and, and how different is it playing for Lovey Smith? I mean, it's a it's it's fun playing for Lovey. You know, he uh he's just he's just same guy every day. He's consistent with who he is, and um, I mean that reflects on the players too. We got to be consistent with who we are and who we are at practice every day and our approach to the game. So, um, like you said, I'm familiar with the four three. I'm familiar with this system, and um, hoping it's hoping it's gonna pay off in the next coming weeks. All right, well, you're having a tremendous camp, and David Culley even said that you're an all-out guy. That when you're out there, you give it your all. So. 
You know, why is that important to you, especially in training camp? It's so hot. There's so many reps to be all out on every single rep. You know, what do you gain from it? It seems like it rubs off on the other D linemen, Colisa. Yeah, well, for me, I gain my confidence. That's my confidence, the fact that I can go out there and I can give it my all. I'm just preparing for game day. So I, how I look at it is it's all going to pay off when season comes. So that's the only way I know how to go. All right, so tell us a little bit about your style of game. I know you're in year six. What is a guy like you who's a veteran, what do you work on to get better in camp? Do you work on um, your, your hands? Do you work on technique? How do you get better heading well, into the season? Well, with BK, he, uh, he actually he, he working a lot on me. He hounding on me about my technique, getting my foot in the ground, you know, playing with my hands, shedding blocks, et cetera. But for me, I come out here and I work on my get off every day. I mean, that's a big part of my game. That's a big part of playing three technique in this system is to get off and uh, pursuit to the ball. I mean, that's everything. All right, so I got to ask you about wrestling before you go because we got like three wrestlers on this team. Justin Britt, who plays on the O line, yeah. he said he could tell that you were a wrestler. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah, so I wanted to ask you could you tell, like, what does wrestling bring to your game that maybe other D linemen yeah, might not have? That I could see that Britt's a wrestler too. His uh, center of gravity when he's blocking. You know, he got good hip bend, you know, and uh, he's not a waist bender like, mo like a lot of centers are, oh. you know. But uh, yeah, I can see that Roy Lopez is a center as That's a right. uh, former wrestler. He say he the best, you know, but I box too, so I ain't really worried about him. Well, I just want to say, um, Justin Britt did say that he left his shoes on the mat, but if he were to challenge you all to wrestling, he'd probably win. But I'd like to point out your record as a wrestler, as a senior, wasn't, weren't you like 48 and 48 and 0? For sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Um, I still put my shoes on. <laughs> so, so he can. He said he left them on the mat, but I still put mine on in the off season. So right, we I'm cannot wait to. We cannot wait to see you this season, Malik. A pleasure to meet you, and best of luck. Nice to meet you too. Appreciate you. There's DP Sidhu and Malik Collins. Now coming up more on the Cowboys with David Hellman of DallasCowboys.com. We also have interviews with Christian Kirksey and Kaimi Fairbairn. Busy night on Texans Radio. Stick around. It's Texans Radio. And like we were saying, there's nothing quite like playing the Dallas Cowboys, whether it's preseason or not. Here we are week two. Everything ramps up. Everything gets a little more serious as we move on here. And let's get to know the Cowboys a little bit more with David Hellman from DallasCowboys.com. D.P. Sidhu had a chance to catch up with him. It's Enemy Sidelines. And my guest this week, David Hellman, team reporter with the Dallas Cowboys. We seem to talk pretty much every year during the preseason, except for last year, of course, David. So it's good to be back. Good to have preseason games back on the docket. But Let's start with Hard Knocks because um, I know I know what that experience is like when Hard Knocks was here with the Houston Texans. Uh, tell us what it's been like to have the cameras following the team around. Absolutely right. Like it's it's great to be back in the tradition of seeing y'all every August. Last year was kind of a bummer, but um, you know, to be honest, it, it hasn't been that juicy, at least not for me. You know, I, like you said, your experience there's there's twenty or thirty camera people around pretty much at all times filming everything. Uh, some of the intricate shots they do are really interesting. If you watch the most recent episode, uh, they had a, you know, they set up a chess match between Micah Parsons and Ben DiNucci, which uh, the manpower that went into filming that was really impressive. I think they had 10 people just to film that shot, but they don't really get in the way. They don't make a lot of noise. So it's been, um, it's been kind of anticlimactic so far, to be honest with you. So we'll see what, what the next couple weeks hold. It's crazy because they've had to move that production from Oxnard, California, back to back to Frisco and back and forth. And I know that's a that's a lot of equipment, and a lot of wires and mission control, as we used to call it, the broom with all the cameras. So how how has that been just moving back and forth between two locations? 
uh, you know, I need to talk to them and tell them how much I appreciate their work because, <laughs> you know, we were we were in Oxnard for a month. I mean, we were out there for 26 days, I think. And uh, by the time, it, you know, it's it's fun. But by the time you get through that much time, you're just ready to go home. And so they spent 26 days in Oxnard and then had to turn around and come here for the next two and a half weeks. So, uh, you know, I'm sure their families are missing them. So, you know, kudos to them for how much work goes into putting that thing on. Well, it's been a lot of fun to watch. I'm, it's It'll be more fun when I think they're out of your hair and, and things return a little bit back to normal. But let's talk about this preseason game because head coach David Cauley said that for the Texans, anyone that was available was going to play in Saturday's game against the Cowboys. Now, I know the Cowboys have a little bit of a different situation with Dak Prescott, but what can you tell us about starters and playing time and what you know about Saturday's game? Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, this is typically your dress rehearsal game, at least for, you know, the Cowboys. It's their third game because they played in the Hall of Fame game. Um, so I think this would normally be a setting where, you know, especially and because the Cowboys open the regular season before everybody as well with the Thursday night opener in Tampa, you know, this is probably the game where you want to get your starters as much, you know, the maximum amount of playing time. But I'm curious, I I don't expect to see that this time around, mainly because of Dak, you know, he's still recovering from his uh, from his shoulder strain. So they're not going to throw him out there. And if he's not out there, I don't think they want to subject too many of their other guys uh, to injury either. So, you know, your Tyron Smiths, your Zach Martins, your Ezekiel Elliott's, I would be surprised if those guys play a whole lot or maybe even at all. Uh, I do know Amari Cooper is going to get in there. I think that's mainly just because, you know, he just got back to practice this week. So, you know, he hasn't played football since last uh, December. So I think he's going to get out there and try to get his feet wet. But I don't get the impression that this is going to be your typical dress rehearsal where where your big time, you know, your big time names are playing a lot. Well, let's talk about Dak, because I remember it was early in training camp and you had I think you had tweeted out that he left practice with um, a shoulder strain. And, and there were a lot of uh, gasps in the crowd because we're fans, I believe, at, at practice that day. So what can you tell us about him? Because he did miss a chunk of last year and most of, of last year with the ankle injury. So just sort of getting back to health, he had just sort of come back and now he's out again. You know, is there any concern for, you know, what that's going to look like once the season starts uh, as far as knocking the rust off? I think there's always going to be concern anytime your franchise quarterback's not completely available to do everything. And yeah, the day Dak left practice, you know, it was a, it was a complete meltdown by the fans and the media because, you know, we saw what this team looks like without Dak last year and it's not very pretty. So, you know, anything that limits his availability is going to have people concerned. Now from the Cowboys side, everything's fine. You know, he's had it checked out a few times. There's no significant damage. I think, you know, you're talking about a guy who, who broke his ankle. And if you know Dak Prescott's work ethic at all, I mean, the guy was working throughout the offseason, even before he was, you know, able to stand and walk and all of that. So I think maybe he put a little more strain on his throwing muscles than he normally does, especially like if you're talking about throwing a football while you're sitting down, activating some muscles that maybe you're not 100% used to. So it doesn't sound like there's any significant damage. You know, the Cowboys are, you know, they've been confident. They remain confident that he'll be out there against Tampa Bay. But, I, you know, at the same time, I understand fans' concerns. Like I said, when your franchise quarterback's not 100% healthy, it's hard to feel super good about that. But, um, but it, it does look like all systems will be go, you know, when, when the regular season starts. All right, let's talk about the defense because Cowboys hired a new defensive coordinator in Dan Quinn this 
off season. So what's, what's that transition been like? What's the, how different does the defense look and, and what's it been like for the players? It's, I mean, it's been fun. First of all, Dan Quinn's a fun guy to cover. You know, you've, you've done this job for a while when a, when a guy comes in having been the head coach and having called all of the shots, there's a level of expertise that comes with that. So, you know, Dan knows how to handle the media. Uh, he knows just the right things to say. And, and his players really respond to him as well. This is probably as loud as I've heard the Dallas defense in a while, just in terms of how much they talk, not just, you know, communication and trash talk. It's been fun. The thing is, it's, it's I know this sounds weird because I've been watching them practice for a month, but I still don't 100% know what to expect. You know, they, they've been rotating this entire defense like you typically see a defensive line, you know, waves of guys. They never use the same combinations twice, particularly – at linebacker where they have all this talent, you know, they drafted Micah Parsons. They've still got Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch. They brought in Keanu Neal from Atlanta. So there's, you know, there's five guys back there that all deserve playing time. And it's been fun to see Dan kind of cycle through all those different combinations. And in my opinion, he's done a great job of kind of hiding what this is going to look like when, when the season gets here. So I do think it's going to be multiple, you know, they, they, they've thrown a lot of different looks. They've done some three, four stuff. They've done some four, three stuff. Um, but it's, it's been a lot to process, to be honest with you. All right. Well, let's talk about rookies because it'll be the first time for a lot of us see these rookies out on the field. And, and the Texans saw a few of them last week. But as far as covering the Cowboys, any rookies or new players that have really stood out to you throughout the camp in the preseason? I mean, the, the big one is Micah. Just, you know, he's the 12th overall pick when you draft a guy that highly, especially, you know, for a defense that was as awful as the Cowboys was last year. There's high expectations that come with that. And, you know, it's, it's only the preseason. Nobody's putting him in the Pro Bowl yet, but it's been impressive how, how much he looks the part. You know, he's out. The, he, he does a little bit of everything. He plays off ball. He rushes the passer. He's an excellent blitzer. He's got a nose for the football. You know, he had a takeaway in his preseason debut against Pittsburgh, and he's done it in practice consistently. So, like I said, there's still some there's still some steps for him, but he looks every bit the part of a guy who can come in here and help change a defense quickly. All right, David, and before I let you go, what about storylines for the 2021 season? What are some of the big storylines that you're covering and you're following and, and maybe some big questions you're hoping to get answered this season? Well, I, th I mean, the big one until further notice is, is going to be Dak, obviously, not just because of the shoulder thing, but again, he missed most of last season with his ankle. And, you know, from the sounds of it, if he doesn't play Saturday, he's not going to play until they're going against Tampa Bay, which is a little bit of a scary proposition. That's obviously a really good team and he won't have played in 10 months. So how quickly can Dak get back to being Dak? Uh, you know, he was on this insane trajectory before he got hurt last year. And the Cowboys are going to need him to pick that up quickly because, you know, let's just be honest. He is their ticket to success. Without him, I don't think they have much of anything, to be honest with you. And then and then the defense, you know, they were 31st in the league against the run last year, just turned in some of the most abysmal performances in team history. So, you know, nobody's expecting them to be elite but they're going to have to be a lot better. Dan Quinn's going to have to get that trending more toward the middle of the pack. And if those two things can happen, if they get great play out of Dak and decent play out of their defense, uh, you know, that's, that's what people are optimistic about. That's why people are excited that this year could be better than last year. All right. Good stuff. David Hellman, team reporter for the Dallas Cowboys. Always a pleasure 
Glad to be battling back. What is it called? The Governor's Cup, even if it is just preseason. Yeah, I think that somebody was talking to me about that. I was like, do we really have a rivalry trophy for a preseason game? We do. I've seen it. It's there. You know what? After last year, I'm all for it. I'm not going to roll my eyes at anything (laughs) as long as we're playing games. I 100% agree. I'll take preseason games and I'm going to be excited about them because it's been a long time since um, we've had fans in the stands and we've been able to cover football games this way. So, David, thank you for the time and look forward to catching up soon. Anytime. Absolutely. There's D.P. Sidhu and David Hellman from DallasCowboys.com. Coming up, Christian Kirksey. He was interviewed on TV last week. Let's check in with him and Kaimi Fairbairn and Drew. Twelve questions as only Drew can ask them and Kaimi can answer them. It's coming up on Texans Radio. As promised, now on Texans Radio, D.P. Sidhu catches up with linebacker Christian Kirksey. He was interviewed during the television broadcast last week. What did he have to say to D.P. this week? It's the Deep Slant 101 presented by Xfinity. I've got linebacker Christian Kirksey entering year eight. Christian, I know David Culley said that players that didn't play in the first preseason game will probably play in the second preseason game. So coming up here in a little bit, how excited are you to get that first hit? You know, I'm, I'm excited. Um, whenever you get to go out there and, and showcase what you've been practicing on all day in, in camp, uh, going against your teammates and finally ready to go against an opponent, you know, you always get excited. Just see where you are um, before the season. So uh, I'm excited about that, going out there with my teammates, having fun. Um, you know, it's, it's a new team for me, so, you know, I'm, I'm excited just to gel with these guys on the field and see what we do. New team and, and not quite a new role. You get to wear the green dot. You're the quarterback of the defense. So I know you did that last year with the Packers. How's it been for you so far to be quarterbacking this defense there with the linebackers? Uh, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I got a lot of great teammates, um, a lot of smart players on the defense that, you know, makes my job a lot easier. You know, they already know what to do. Uh, they know their assignment. So uh, for me, you know, I'm just reiterating what uh, Coach Lovey is telling me to do, um, telling the, the guys to do, and I'm just going out there to execute. But uh, my teammates, they make it, you know, a lot easier for me to go out there and do my job. You and I chatted in the offseason, and you said it was a linebacker-friendly defense. And I asked Lovey Smith what the profile of a linebacker in his system would look like, and he gave me a list of qualities and, and, and things that he's looking for. So tell me about this linebackers group, because it sounds like there's a lot asked of you in a 4-3 scheme, but it's also a lot of fun. So how do you, how is it, how is it a lot of fun, but you've got a lot of responsibility at the same time? I mean, when you play linebacker, you know, you want to um, have all the weight on your shoulders, um, all three linebacker positions. You want to make it as easy as possible for the DBs and the linemen just to line up, play ball, and we'll take the weight uh, from a mental uh, standpoint and, you know, from moving around. So, um, you know, playing in this defense, you got to be athletic, got to be fast, and you can run all day. I mean, you got to have a, a stamina that's out of this world. So uh, playing in this defense really fits, you know, my type of skill and the rest of the guys in the linebacker room. They have similar skill sets to where, you know, we can go out there and make plays and just run around and have fun. And uh, when you're a linebacker playing in that defense, you can't ask for, for much more than that to just go run and hit and, you know, cover. All right, so tell me a little bit about your skill set. What do you feel like you really bring to this linebacker group? Uh, well, just a lot of knowledge, just, you know, going into my eighth year. Um, but it's a veteran group. But uh, <laughs> you hear Kamu back there. Um, but just, you know, being able to, you know, go outside the box, play inside the box, cover, um, you know, I can run, and you know, when you run it with tight ends, running with different backs, you know, they bring a lot of versatility um, that everybody in the linebacker room has. Uh, not just myself. I think when um, Coach Lovey and everybody put this team together, they they did it very strategically, and they brought the right guys in. And you know, from Kamu to Tay Davis, you know, to Joe Thomas, uh, we all know Zach Cunningham. You know, we're all similar in 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 our game. So um, all of us are doing the same thing, and that's covering and being able to run. 
You mentioned all the new guys coming in. Has that one, been one of the challenges? Because you've got to get the communication down, and you've got a lot of new players. You've got a new scheme. How has the communication been so far uh, for you, and, and how have you seen it really develop throughout these first few weeks at camp? You know, uh, with, with, with new guys, you know, sometimes it can be difficult to, you know, um, build that bond or whatever. But, man, when I say it's been nothing but amazing, just this group has just jailed so well. And, um, you know, that, that goes to the organization, the front office. You know, they, they brought the right guys in. Um, they knew what type of men they wanted on this team. So it just made it a lot easier for us to, you know, come in this locker room and build bonds and, you know, build friendships on this football field and uh, be able to communicate with one another. And it's a veteran group. So, you know, a lot of guys know what they're doing. So, like I said, it makes my job easier uh, when I'm out there playing Mike. And it, it, it makes other guys easier when a bunch of guys already know what they're doing and investing in what they're doing. All right. How about your family? Because I know you got a lot of family yeah. in Houston. So yeah. have they been out to camp? Are, they, are you excited to see them come out to the games? How yes. much have you been able to see them? I know camp is just such a crazy time for me. You know, I've, I've been able to see uh, my family. Um, they're so excited uh, just to be in the same city that, you know, I'm playing in. You know, uh, and for me, just having that family support that's right down the street, you know, that's that means the world to me. Um, you know, we all know that football can sometimes, you know, uh, get a lot of pressure on you. And when you can just go escape and uh, just go be with family, that's, you know, that's all that matters to me. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm having a good time. And uh, I can always go home to a home-cooked meal for my mom. So... Um, that's definitely uh, something that's good and something that's beneficial for me. We welcome you back to Houston, as I'm sure your family has. Yes. Pleasure talking to you, Christian. Best yes. of luck this season. Thank you. D.P. Sidhu with Christian Kirksey. Now, the place kicker, the lonely kicker. What was that Adam Sandler thing? The lonesome kicker. That was a video back in the day. Look it up on YouTube later after this program. Don't you dare do it during this show. Here's Drew Doherty catching up with Kaimi Fairbairn. We got Kaimi Fairbairn, the kicker for the Houston Texans. It's great to be with you as always. I like that gold chain, man. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this is a little little sparkle, a little present from my um, from my dad. So, gotta rep it. Not bad. Yeah, it's kind of new. I hadn't seen it out here before. Yeah. yeah, it's got a little twinkle. It's nice. I get a lot of compliments. How is pops? What's going on back in Hawaii? He's good. He's living a dream. He's uh he's got a boat he's working on right now. He wants to get out on it. He's building it from scratch. So it's a pretty cool deal. Lots of cool pictures. Fishing boat, just leisure boat. What's he? What's 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 going on there? Fishing boat. Okay. Yep. How are you as a fisherman? I wish. Yeah, I don't fish. I wish. So, it's still a work in progress. Yeah. So, what uh, water sports or water activities are you into if it's not fishing? I always loved uh, land sports. My brother was one of the guys who you know developed a real love for the ocean. Not that I don't love it, but I grew that love later on. You know, surfing and. You know, I'm not very good. It's a it's a real tough sport to surf and boogie board and all that stuff. But I enjoy my 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 part of it. So you dabble in surfing and boogie boarding. Do you do any uh, body surfing? Do you do any stand up paddle boarding? Do you any any of that stuff? Ka kayaking, canoeing. I love all that stuff. You take me out there. That's one of the things I'm doing for sure. All right. You're also an accomplished soccer player. You're one of a few on the squad. Justin Reed really, really good soccer player. You played in Hawaii growing up, and you played against Kamu Gruje-Hill, who's a linebacker for the Texans. He had a nice game the other night, as did you. So the two Hawaiian soccer players both doing nice things. Who's your favorite soccer player all time? That's an easy one. Thierry Henry for my, for my team Arsenal back in, back in the early 2000s. I grew up watching them. Soccer was my first love, so you know they got a special place in my heart. Do you talk soccer at all with him? Reminisce about the old days. Talk about Grugier Hill, not not Thierry Henry, unless you do talk with Thierry Henry. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh yeah, we try to. Um, 
you know, we, we were rivals, and we, I like to say we got the better of uh, Kamu back in the day. So I, I let him, I remind him of it every once in a while. How wild is that that you're in the NFL and you played against somebody in high school? And I know it, ha it happens elsewhere, and there might be other guys on the team, but there can't be too many who they actually played other sports against each other when they were growing up. Yeah, it's special. We got a few guys around the league. Hawaii is a very tight-knit community, and there's a lot of talent out there. So it's fun to see everyone out there. We always catch up when we see each other on the, on the sidelines and when they play for other teams. And it's just nice to have Kamu on the team to you know reminisce and be thankful for what we have, where we're from. Take me through a little bit of your game day. You got a night game Saturday night, taking on the Cowboys in Arlington. So what's your pregame meal, and like how soon do you eat it? Because kickoff's at 7. Yeah, the late games are tough. It's a lot of waiting around. I have to take a nap whether I want to or not just because the, the late games, you know, there's so much time you got to take some up with uh, sleep. My pregame meal is definitely stir fry. I'm a big stir fry guy. Whip it up with a little broccoli, a little carrots, a little chicken, some rice, obviously, some teriyaki sauce and shoyu or aka soy sauce. And that's my go to. And they have that available pretty much all the time on a, on a pregame meal? Lad hooks it up. He knows what I like, yeah. Lad's, lad knows. Got to keep the kicker happy, right? <laughs> well, it's, you know, we, we got to eat. <laughs> what do you drink? Anything? Uh, of course you do, but, like, what, what are you drinking? There's those poppies, those new poppy orange ones. Yeah, those, it's, it's like a soda, but not, and it, it tastes fantastic. Kaimi, it's great to be with you. Thanks so much for the time. We'll uh, do this again sometime down the road. Pleasure to be here. Thank you very much. Drew Doherty and Kaimi Fairbairn, and that's going to do it for our show tonight. Don't forget, tomorrow, 7 o'clock kick. It's live on Sports Radio 610, starting at 4 with Texans Countdown. Can't wait for that. And then you've got the broadcast right here or on ABC 13 or on the Bull 100.3 FM. And remember, if you have one of those streaming services, it will be on this week. Looking forward to speaking with everybody from Arlington tomorrow. It's Texans Radio. Good night, everyone. Go Texans.